This is Work Perks Podcast, Episode 10, with me, Brian McCammon. Student loans. That phrase tends to have a interesting reaction. For some, it has no reaction because they don't affect you in any way, shape, or form. For others, student loans and student loan debt can be absolutely crushing and discouraging to your financial future, whether they were a necessity or something you took out during your time as a student and perhaps you shouldn't have really doesn't matter. It's moot because you have them. And with the amount of Americans that have student loan debts today, uh, it's more and more important to understand how do we help these individuals get rid of their student loan debt and start really supercharging and moving towards their financial future. This week's episode, I am very lucky to be joined by the one and only 401k lady, Jeannie Fisher, who is the Managing Director at Strategic Retirement Partners. And we're going to be discussing a really cool perk that she is starting to see more and more in the workplace, which is and are various student loan uh, programs, how to help your employees repay them, pay them down faster, and really take advantage and take control of their financial future. Now, before we get started, it's important to remember investment advisory services are offered through Strategic Retirement Partners and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Afternoon, Jeannie. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Great to have you on today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, I, we chatted before, um, obviously before setting this up, and we were talking a lot about, um, you know, student loans. And that's what really prompted us to begin a dialogue on this episode. Uh, so I'm really excited to, to dive into, you know, what's kind of an interesting topic for a lot of people. It's some, it's an, an exciting one. Others, it's a very sore subject. Um, but you can't really go very far in, in the working world without the, the, the topic of student loans coming up, whether you're, uh, you know, talk about how much someone has, you're discussing education and the rising costs. Uh, so it's a really multifaceted topic. Uh, so I know today we're, we're going to attempt to narrow that down and really discuss as an employer what it would look like to offer uh, student loan repayment programs. Before we get into that, I'd love to have you tell the audience a bit more about yourself and your background, uh, a little bit about strategic retirement partners, how you how you landed in the role that you're at today. <laughs> well, uh, so I'm Jeannie Fisher, and I've been a financial planning advisor, a CFP, for about 12 years now. So that's really kind of how I entered this, very much from the individual perspective. And about six years ago, really started to get into the retirement plan space or the financial benefits component. Um, absolutely loved it and realized pretty quickly that as much as I want to talk to all of our clients about their 401k or their 403b, um, you know, a lot of them have other pressing issues and concerns that they want to talk about. No matter how much I want to talk about the money side um, or the retirement side, they have other issues. And so uh, my partner and I uh, and another colleague at the end of last year, just realized that the benefits landscape was changing far faster than than I think even we expected. Um, and we made the choice to, to join Strategic Retirement Partners, which is a national firm 
that does focus on the financial side of the benefits for sure, uh, but is well entrenched with HR and benefits to know that there's a whole lot more to the story. Um, and student loan repayment programs became one of the services that we can now offer through SRP. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, as we as we think about student loans and, and kind of when they started, when, in your opinion, when did you student loans really start to become a thing and more of a factor uh, for, for people seeking out education? So, I mean, I think in the last, I would say student loans really started to build in the last 10 years. But I think that nobody was really paying attention to the issue until the last five years. Um, and and there's a, been a whole bunch of conversation. I mean, everybody can throw out those statistics, right? Everybody knows we're almost at $2 trillion of student loan debt. Everybody knows the average person has $30,000. But it hasn't been until the last 12 months that the industry really started talking about solutions for student loans. Um, so it's been this slow build and this focus on the pain and the issue. And, and just now we're starting to come up with solutions. Why do you think it is that... Uh, you know, we weren't talking about potential solutions. It was always just running in the background. Well, I think there was this misconception for the longest time that this was only a millennial issue. Um, You know, it was the young kids. It didn't really affect the workforce. Um, And you know what? In fact, most of the student loan debt out there is held for people between the ages of 30 and 39. So, you know, I don't know what it was, what finally clicked, but I just think it started to register with people that this is not just a 23-year-old, 24-year-old issue um, from an age perspective. You know, this is something that's affecting the entire workforce. What has been the impact on, on that workforce having to deal with this? It's debilitating. Um, it's absolutely debilitating. From an emotional perspective, it, p- people are delaying major life decisions, um, you know, from an individual perspective, not getting married, not having children, not buying a home because they're so burdened by these debts. And, and it's a financial stressor. Fi- you know, it's it's one of the key stresses that we, we internalize, um, which then affects us physically. Um, I also think that it's a huge strain on the employer. Um, it's such a strain on the individual employees that we're finding job hopping has escalated even more, you know, for a dollar here or a dollar there, because it has, it has consumed so much of the employee's paycheck. They're doing whatever they can to make it work. So Jeannie, you, you mentioned how challenging it is for an employee, how these loans are starting to take up so much of their pay. What are you starting to see outside of student loan repayments, uh, repayments, excuse me, when looking at individuals' finances, how is this impacting their financial health uh, in the long term? Well, so we talked about the delayed life decisions, but I think people are underestimating the compounding interest of the negativity of that. Um, so, you know, take it, take the delay in home ownership. You know, we all know it's better to own and, and buy the asset over time yourself as opposed to just rent from somebody else. Um, so even just what we now have in the form of equity is much lower, you know, at a certain age group. Um, People are not saving in their retirement accounts. I think in the statistic, I may be off a little bit, but I want to say like 43 to 46% of employer match that is available is not even being used. Um, And yeah, like that people are just leaving on the table, right? And and I don't know exactly how much of it you can contribute to student loans, but I can tell you that there's a lot of people who aren't saving in their retirement plan 
and then double whammy, not getting that match because they're using all of their paycheck or what they can of their paycheck towards their student loans. So again, there's that compounding interest of not starting saving young, missing out on the free money, the match. I mean, it just compounds over time. So I think we all, we can, people can see and empathize the student loan issue today. Everybody either had student loans or they know somebody who has student loans and they feel it today. I don't yet believe that the industry or society has fully comprehended comprehended what the long-term issues and effects will be as it ripples into other poor financial habits and decisions. So understanding that this is having such a challenging effect on individuals, like you said, uh, delaying those those longer decisions. Maybe that is going back to school for another degree. It's buying a home. It's saving, uh, investing your money. Um, we talked about other solutions that are starting to finally come to play. That's where these student loan repayment programs come in. What has been the environment and, and kind of the appetite for taking a look at this amongst companies and amongst some of your clients? Oh, it's it's crazy. I've never seen a service or a benefit be so quickly um, just welcomed, I guess mm-hmm. I would say, by employers. Uh, you know, it 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 used to just be, and maybe educational assistance is a better way of phrasing it. And, and, you know, back in the, for a while, we have had educational assistance programs. We have had tuition reimbursement, right? Or people contributing to a degree. We've always had that, um, but it's always been to get additional education. That's always been the right. emphasis. Employers going to help you and provide this benefit for you to get more. Um, what we're looking at now is this transition where it's, we're not just going to provide this benefit for you to get more education. Uh, we're actually gonna go back and pay for some of the education you've already had. And that's where that student loan repayment comes in. Um, you know, SHRM has done a variety of surveys on this sort of thing. And 80 plus percent of companies are looking at adopting some form of a student loan repayment program. So when I say I've never seen an appetite like this for a new benefit, uh, that's what I mean by that. Everybody, companies of all sizes, all industries are calling us up and saying, what, what's this student loan repayment program thing and how do we do it? That's pretty incredible that that many organizations are really interested in it. By chance, did any of those numbers indicate a time frame when those organizations are looking to start implementing that program? Next one to three years. Wow. Yeah, so and that quickly. was from 2019. So very quick adoption rate. Well, and you know, we're just we all know how these how these curves go, right? You know, it's a it's a long, slow curve, and then it just turns and it spikes. I first started talking about student loan repayment programs in 2018, and only four percent of companies had adopted one. By 2019, we were at eight percent. And I know you're sitting there thinking eight percent's not that many, but that's a hundred percent growth. Right. So then at 8%, right, becomes 16 and then 34. And um, you can just start to see how that curve really spikes. Compound interest, the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, we're talking here about repayment programs. I know in certain lines of work, uh, forgiveness programs have been floated about. Uh, one that comes to mind is uh, specifically um student loan forgiveness for law degrees. If you go and work for a county, uh, you know, city, state, county prosecutor's office, usually there's that public servant element. Uh, do you see that same, that same appetite with repayment as we do with forgiveness programs? Or are these things running totally in opposite directions in your experience? 
So in my experience, they're two pretty different things. Um, you know, the forgiveness is typically granted by a municipality or a government um, for doing nonprofit work or for doing government work. Um, you know, they're the only ones out there who really have the ability to forgive a loan. Um, you're seeing it over the federal conversations. So even in President Trump's latest stimulus package, there's $25 billion towards student loan forgiveness. Um, so I think that they're both growing in tandem uh, because the, the, the issue is there. So, you know, the, mm -hmm. the government's looking at some forgiveness opportunities, but I think the other side, you know, moving at the same time is the private company which doesn't have the ability to forgive your loans, sure. uh, but they have the ability to implement some type of repayment program where in addition to your income, they're going to contribute to your debt. So it sounds like the repayment is really the way that uh, the way in the future um, for the, the private businesses versus the other. Yes. Um, you know, as, as we think about these repayment programs, walk us through what happens uh, to the contributions from, uh, you know, I, I'm an employee. I have $100 a month in student loan, you know, uh, payments, uh, hypothetical numbers, of course, uh, you know, and my employer is agreeing to match. What can we usually expect is, uh, you know, walk us through, um, is this funds, are they taxable? Is it a pre-tax? Like, uh, kind of what does all that look like? I, I genuinely have no idea. It's changing all the time. <laughs> no, so, okay, so here's, the, here's what you want to remember about student loan repayment programs, and here's why they're so cool. Um, they're not governed by ERISA. And people in my box and HR administrators are so used to have, having to operate inside this very tight box of rules that it's almost overwhelming to sit down with an HR representative and for me to say, the world is your oyster. Design what you want to design. You know, I mean, it, it, it's almost overwhelming. So here's what, here's what you used to have or what you could have at its most simplistic form whether you want to make it a sign-on bonus because you're trying to recruit or a retention bonus after three years because you're trying to retain, or maybe you actually want to do a monthly contribution, you could theoretically institute a student loan repayment program, pop that extra money on an employee's check and, and have it in place and, and be there, right? That's how easy it is to adopt. Um, now, what you're doing in that instance is you're asking the employee to turn around and then pay their loan. Um, and most HR people that I know um, are asking for some form of documentation to, to, to show that. As the programs have evolved, we heard from employers that while that was great and that was a way to do it, and, and historically, that type of benefit would have just been taxable income to the employee, mm -hmm. um, we started to hear that they, the employer wanted more control. We want to make sure it goes to the loan. So then direct pay evolved where... Um, again, any amount, any form, any regularity, any certain employee, I like employee A and not employee B, so I'm going to give it to A and not B. I mean, totally open uh, world here. Um, but in the direct pay, essentially the employer is saying, I'm actually going to write the check to your student loan provider. So those are those are your really simple employee paid, employer paid direct loans. Um the next level and what we really started to see the adopt and evolve over time is more of a match structure. And I think it's because our employees are comfortable with that language. So, you know, you could say, well, I pay a hundred, we're going to match your, your student loan payments a hundred dollars a month. 
right? So now the employee is showing the $100 student loan payment and the $100 that the employer is matching uh, could again be direct paid by the employer or paid by the employee or, or paid to the employee and then paid to the student loan provider. Okay. That actually headed off quite a few questions that I had because I was thinking about what some of those different options were. You did mention as you were talking about how this isn't governed by ERISA. Have you, um, and this might be outside of your purview, so stop me if I'm if I'm going down that direction, but have you seen organizations start off with good intentions and get into some potentially hot water by not having an, uh, a level um, policy in place? No, I mean, I have not. That's not to say that it hasn't happened. And, and you know, sure, I really sure. just took you through like two phases. There's now a third and, and a little bit more complicated phase that, that we'll talk about. But, um, you know, it's like anything from an HR perspective. You want to document your policies, um, you know, and it's a culture thing. You know, just because you can, quote unquote, discrim- discriminate with this benefit, it doesn't mean that you as a company want to. Right, so right. The, you, you as a company want to define your policies and then you want to document them and then you want to train your team to implement to them. Um, the ERISA component, you know, is just saying that the government's not coming in and, and establishing all these rules about how you implement. But that doesn't mean that you as an HR person don't need to have your ducks in a row to implement what you elect to do fairly. Now, that, that makes a lot of sense. And that's a great, um, a great distinguish distinguishing factor. <laughs> so I'm struggling yeah. with my words here uh, because that does help. Uh, you know, anything that is, as you well know, governed by ERISA, uh, it's like, okay, how hard is this going to be? And if this is something new, I'm probably likely to shy away from it. So knowing that there's some freedom, some autonomy there, I think really speaks to that percentage you mentioned earlier, that 80% of employers want some sort of program in place in the next one to three years. Um, so that's really, that's really impressive. Uh, and, and well, it's a good to know. If I'm an employee and I am coming up across, you know, a potential um, potential new job, let's say I've got a couple of different options and they all have repayment programs. What are some of these nuances that I should be looking for uh, beyond just is it a match? Is it a direct pay? Are there are there any other considerations to think about as I'm someone looking for an organization that has this benefit? Yeah, I mean, so with the CARES Act now until the end of the year, uh, the first $5,250 that is paid is now a tax-free benefit to the employee. So one of the questions you had asked is, is it taxable? Well, prior to this year and the pandemic, um, you know, it was going to be taxable income to the employee. Um, now, whether or not that will extend beyond December, I, I don't know what they're, what they're going to do. I would assume so. Um, in fact, I know SHRM uh, is actively lobbying to not only extend it past December, but to increase it, you know, to beyond $5,000. Um, I think you as an employee really wanted to be obviously perceptive of how much money is potentially there, you know, the total value of the benefit you could earn. Um, I do think it's beneficial if the employer is using a third party to process the payments. So, you know, is it coming to me and then I have to make the payment or are they making it direct for me? I think that's meaningful. Uh, You also do want to be cognizant, though, of how the taxes are handled. So let's just say, let's assume you do get more than the $5,250 tax-free benefit. You know, is your employer adjusting your paycheck to withhold those taxes? Are they not? If they aren't, are you prepared to pay those taxes when you file your return the next year? Um, So it is, of course, a benefit, but it's also about just the administration of the benefit, too. 
No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I could see how that could potentially have some headaches when you fire up TurboTax the, uh, the following year. Uh, you know, you, you walked us through the challenges of, st- of setting up this as, um, as an employer, and it doesn't seem like there's very many. Uh, are there any additional considerations outside of policies, um, you know, dollar amounts, things like that, that an employer needs to be aware of as they're thinking about taking that next step to put this program in place? Oh, there's, there's so many. So, you know, the first thing you want to ask yourself is what is your goal? Are you using this to recruit people? Are you using this to retain people? Are you using this to reward people? You you know, you got to figure out what your goal is because again, the world is your oyster. You can design it however you want it. So we want the design to match what you need. Here's the real thing. You have to get your talking points down. And I'm speaking specifically to an HR person. You have to tee this benefit up to the C-suite and you have to be able to communicate ROI, return on investment. So you're going to have to determine whether you're looking at retention rate or turnover rate or how much turnover rate has gone down or whatever it may be, figure out what your statistics are and track performance. But really the biggest question you have to ask yourself is, are we implementing this benefit with existing benefit dollars or are we allocating a new budget to this? And I alluded to, I've walked you through the first two phases of student loan repayments. The third is now, it's something at SRP we call flex match where what we're actually doing is taking the existing 401k match and giving your employees the option to determine if they want that to go to the 401k or to their student loan. And by doing so, we're able to to then go to the C-suite and say, this is a benefit you already budget for. This is a benefit you already provide. What we're doing is now creating an avenue for you to absolutely maximize the ROI of this benefit dollar because you're letting each individual employee determine themselves where it's going to provide the most value. So that's phase three. And it's, are we creating a new budget line or do we need to use existing benefit dollars to fund this program? And if you're, so that's really interesting. If, if you're an employee, um, and obviously this is kind of subjective because every, every employee is always going to be in a different situation uh, at stage of life, uh, finances. But if you're an employee and you have an average amount of student loan debt, I believe you said the average was about $30,000, uh, you know, it, where tends to be or where could be the better placement of that money in, in that flex scenario? Is it saying, you know, all 401k and I'll pay the loans as I go? Is it all loans, no 401k? Is it a kind of split down the middle? What? And, and again, this is kind of subjective because everyone's always in a different situation and, and what makes sense for me may not make sense for you and vice versa. Uh, but just curious your thoughts on having that option and what, uh, you know, what a consideration could or should be for an employee in that situation. Well, so here's what we, we, we used to always say, contribute to your 401k to get your match. That's free money. And then it obviously while well, maybe but then go and take what any, whatever excess you have and put it towards your student loan. Um, you know, that was what we always said. But that was under the assumption the only way you were getting employer match was if you did the retirement plan. You know, if you can get your employer match towards your student loan, now we're looking at interest rates, right? What's the interest rate on your loan versus the uh, potential, you know, growth rate in the retirement plan? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as much as it pains me mentally, financially, I could probably sit here and argue all day long, you may be better off actually saving in your retirement plan. But the fact of the matter is most people mentally need to get that student loan 
done and finished. So at the end of the day, most of the time I'm recommending some kind of blend. But, you know, if I were 23 and I had $30,000 of student loans and you looked at me and said, you can have this match in your retirement plan or your student loan, I'm going to look at you and be like, why do I care about something 35 years from now when I have $30,000 of student debt today? I, I don't care. Give it to me on my loan <laughs> all day, every day. Until you start to see the results of saving over a year, two years, three years, it's a really tough thing to wrap your head around. I know I, when I first entered the workforce and you know, that was the advice I received uh, was contribute as much as you can or until you get that match from your employer. And then beyond that, I'm watching this grow and I'm going, I don't make very much money. Why am I doing this? <laughs> but you know, fast forward 10 plus years and you go, oh, Okay, now now I get it. But you're absolutely right. When you're in that scenario, when you're in that situation as a early twenty something, you got you're, you're just out of school, and it's like build a retirement account or build a loan. What do I do? Uh, that's a that's a tough spot to be in. So it makes sense that you know mentally someone likely wants to go for the loan versus uh, the retirement. But also good to know that there's an option to to split that. Um, one last question on that flex option because this is I think this yeah. is really um, really key changing it. I know that you can change a 401k contribution amount periodically throughout the course of the year. With the flex matching programs that SRP sets up, does someone have that ability to make some tweaks or changes uh, to reallocate throughout the course of the year um, for whatever reason they they decide? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The flex match program itself, the the updates are made monthly. Um, So I believe the most you could change it is once a month. But, you know, it's just like you would enroll in your retirement plan. You know, you enroll in FlexMatch and you have to include wherever your student loans are held and you have to include how much you're going to be saving. And then the TPA or administrator is going to calculate the employer match. Um, And, you know, and then you have to go over to your 401k side and and opt out or put 0% if you elect not to do it there. Um, It's just a two-phase enrollment process, um, which really isn't that difficult at all. That's good to know. It sounds... Sounds pretty straightforward. Uh, so that should help you know anyone who's thinking about implementing this program. I mean, it really does provide the pinnacle of flexibility for uh, for employees. You know, I think we've covered just about everything we possibly can when it comes to student loan repayment programs. Is there anything else we might have missed? Ooh, you know, I strongly advise. I get asked all the time. Okay, we're thinking about doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I strongly advise everybody who's considering it, you know, really the first thing you need to do is you need to get data. How many of your employees have student loans? How many of them are not taking part in the 401k and missing out the match, but would potentially get the match if it went to a student loan program? You know, you, you have to go into the executive board with your ducks in a row, your data, how many people you think are going to take advantage of it, what kind of benefit you expect it to be for the company? What's it going to mean for retention? If the cost of retraining an employee is one to three years of salary, and 86% of people are willing to commit to a company for five years if they have a student loan repayment program, what would that look like in your employee base? If you could get retention that high, what would that mean for you? Um, so it, it, I'm finding it's a harder sell in the C-suite than HR is expecting. So you just got to be prepared to speak the CFO language. 
And once you speak that CFO language, you've made that convincing case. It sounds pretty compelling that most organizations decide to move forward. <clears throat> well, this has been this has been great. Uh, very, very informative. I've learned more than I uh, than I ever knew I could about student loan repayments in a good way, uh, because I came in not you know knowing that there's programs out there, but not knowing the nuances and, and all the different options. Uh, so I hope that our audience uh, you know takes some things away as just like I did about how they can set these programs up, the value, uh, some of the reasons why. And of course, you know, if, if any organization is thinking about setting this up, um, we're going to have your information here at the very end so that everybody can reach out directly to you guys, you know, set up that, uh, that flex matching program and get moving forward. So uh, Jeannie, really appreciate you taking time out of your day to share this great information with us. Uh, and look forward to chatting again soon in the not so distant future. Thank you so much, Brian. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Jeannie Fisher. Uh, you know, I found it really eye-opening to learn more about the options that are available, what progressive organizations, forward-thinking companies are doing to try to really help out their employees and set them up for financial success. I mean, that in and of itself is an enormous work perk. So again, hope you enjoyed the conversation as promised Contact information for Jeannie can be found in the description of this podcast. She can also be found through a pretty creative way on LinkedIn through hashtag 401klady. Uh, I strongly encourage, go connect with her, message her on LinkedIn, uh, check out the awesome video content that she puts out. Everything is informational and not just 401k related, but really just financial freedom, financial success related. Uh, so again, go check it out. Jeannie Fisher, hashtag 401k lady on LinkedIn. You know, as, as I always do, I really sincerely want to thank you for your time, your attention, uh, welcome and encourage any and all feedback, um, even ideas on upcoming episodes. Would love to hear from you. Um, you can go ahead and email me, brian at workperkspodcast.com. You can comment on the podcast. Uh, you can go and connect connect and message with me on LinkedIn. Uh, but again, thank you for your time, your attention, your listenership. Go ahead and if you'd be so kind, share the podcast with uh, friends and coworkers, anyone you think would be interested in it. Uh, go ahead and subscribe uh, anywhere that you listen to or choose to listen to podcasts, anchor.fm, uh, Google streaming service, uh, Apple, Spotify, all of those is where we can be found. If you're uh, willing, leave us a, a strong review. Uh, or a bad one, totally up to you, but just a review is always appreciated. So again, thanks so much for your time and attention. Look forward to seeing you back at next week's episode.